Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Friction Addiction Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Kyle Knapp. And first things first, I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who sent me, you know, compliments and really nice messages to me, whether with my DM or, or over uh, text uh, about my interview with Andy Salo. I had a great time doing it um, and I'm glad that people enjoyed it as much as I uh, did doing it. I'm looking forward to doing some more uh, with peeps coming up. Uh, If you haven't heard that episode yet, you should go and check that one out after you're done listening to this one, of course. Um, And speaking of this episode, this episode is going to be another Q&A. I posted an Instagram uh, story, basically like, ask me your questions, round two. And instead of three people asking me questions, I got, you know, quite quite a lot more, quite quite a few. So uh, without further ado, let's dive right into that. Here we go. Okay, so for question one, and these are, these are going to go in no uh, particular order. It's just what I have in my notes. Um, so just bear with me. We're going to switch from like moon board to not moon board, whatever. Um, so, but Alex Rensink asks, uh, it's a little specific, but I want to know what was your longest project? How long did it take you before you sent? Was your progress always positive? Um, did you always make it to the same hold or did you regress? I definitely feel that this is something that isn't really talked about enough in the climbing community. I think that's a great couple questions. I'm going to hopefully answer that. Uh, to the best of my abilities right now. Um, my longest project was uh, definitely a new pair of glasses. It's a V7 in the Gunks on uh, on the Traps Road. Um, those of you from around the Gunks know that I was on that for five years. <laughs> Probably a little bit too long. Um, how long did it take you? Yeah, five years. Uh, was my progress always positive on that? Mm, not really. I mean, it was hit or miss. I feel like it was some days it was, I I did really well. And I, I, I'm almost positive most of the time I got to the, the crux slot move. Um, but there was some days where I didn't get there because it was maybe possibly too warm or my fingers weren't like I, maybe my fingertips were a little sweaty or I just wasn't, I wasn't fit enough. Um, but I would, I mean, in reality, yeah, I mean, I wasn't always, I didn't like throw my chalk bag at the, <laughs> at the boulder problem and cry like a little, you know, like a little baby about it. Um, you know, there were days when I was like, damn, like I thought I was going to do it and, and it didn't happen and, or it didn't happen. And I, and I might've, you know, started to go down into that kind of downward, downward spiral of like, you know, not having, you know, a positive attitude. And, and, and I, I caught myself and was like, no, 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 like you can do this. Like, I think always in the back of my mind, I always knew that I could do the problem. It just, it was just when it was going to happen. I think a lot of like when I was trying that, when I would get to that crux, um, 
move where, you know, you get like that quarter pad in this slot. I think it really switched over to a mental game for me because it's not that I can't actually do that movement. It was just that, oh my God, I have a quarter pad and I feel like I'm going to fall. So it just became mentally tough for me. And then I do remember that the day that I actually sent the problem, I don't know if I did something different, but when I stuck my fingers into that slot, it's, I was just like, oh, I got this. And I just crossed and I did it. It was like, I didn't even think about it. It was like, I guess maybe my fingers were in there and and they just had the hold that much better. And like, I didn't have that mental like insecurity, I guess. Um, and I did it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope that, I hope that kind of answers it. I mean, it's definitely, um, I definitely see a lot of people who struggle. Um, I think I know that you're one of the guys that struggles a little bit with, with remaining positive. Um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but I think that is a big key is to just not get down on yourself and know that it's, and just enjoy the process. And eventually one day, if you just keep at it, it's going to happen. I mean, there's guys that like just right now, um, you know, Swizzy Bouldering, I forgot his, I can't remember his name right off the bat right now. Um, but he's sponsored by moon climbing. I mean, he's been trying new baseline for 10 years. I mean, 10 years. So like when people, that's the one thing I do want to say, like, I really get a kick out of it when people are like, oh, you know, if, oh man, I was projecting this thing for a month and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, like really? Like this dude just projects something for 10 years. Like you want to talk about a mental battle. Like that's a mental battle. You not fall, you know, doing like four sessions on something and then calling it a project and then sending it. Like I get it, but they're, they're two different, two different animals. Um, so yeah, hopefully that answers that for you, Alex. Uh, Casey, he asks my current gym doesn't have a moon board, which sucks. Any tips to convince them to get a moon board or do you have any experience building one? I'm like, yes, I do have experience building one because I built the one that's in the barn in 2012 in March. Uh, it's not that hard. Get some plywood, save up some money, buy the holds. Now, granted, when I bought the holds, they were a little less expensive. Um, but I mean, it is called inflation. Uh, as for, you know, it's really all whether you can afford it and whether you have the si- the, the time to do it and the space allotted to actually build the full-size moon board. Um, if your gym uh, doesn't have a moon board by now, how are you going to convince them? Like, I don't know, just walk in there and be like, it's 2019 and people all over the world climb on this thing. Why don't you have it? And why am I paying you a ton of money to climb here when you don't, when you don't have like state-of-the-art stuff? You know, now maybe they want to have a tension board. Maybe they want to have like the kilter board. I don't know, but I'm just, you know, it's time to get, you know, into this day and age. So hopefully that answers your question, Casey. Um, Let's see. Nathan Duquette asks, I've gotten, I'm 37. I've gotten a finger injury. (laughs) As an older person, how do you deal with and ward off injuries? He was having some great breakthroughs in climbing and now it's on pause and I hate it. Um, As an older person, how do I deal with and ward off injuries? I try to eat right. I try to get enough sleep. I try not to um, push myself 
like I did when I was 30, too hard. Uh, I have a physical job five days a week. I'm a landscaper uh, slash mason. I, I literally lift stuff all day long. That's what I do. So uh, when I go into train on the days that I have allotted for training, some days I might walk in there and I'm like, yep, not even going to do anything above V3 today because I just don't have um, the energy at the moment. And I'm like, and I'm not going to get myself hurt. So you really have to like, you have to kind of know your body, I think really is the, is the, the thing. And, you know, I would say like when you start to see a little bit of fatigue in your climbing or a little bit of sloppiness is you're probably actually a little bit too far. Um, you should have stopped already probably by that point. But, you know, I try to get in and be fresh when I go to train and I try to leave hopefully fresh and not, you know, uh, be too, too tired or exhausted. Cause I, it's just, my recovery is just not like what it was. So, um, now don't get me wrong. I mess up quite a bit. <laughs> like I get sucked into a boulder problem on the moon board potentially, or maybe we're climbing outside and we're having a great time. You know, I'll leave it more on the table outside than I will on the moon board. Like, and, and, or I'll feel better about that. Like if I leave it all outside and like the next like three days I'm exhausted, I'm like, yep, but you know what? It's outside. If I do that on the moon board, I get a little bit pissed at myself that I went too hard because now I can't do anything and I might not climb well outside. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't really know if that answers, answers your question about warding off injuries. I will say, uh, you should get to the gym. I, you know, I've always struggled with people telling me to lift weights, but like, I definitely believe that doing, um, some push exercises and, you know, just, you know, pick up that functional, uh, I think it's functional strength training or fun- strength handbook by, uh, Steve Bechtel or climb strong, pick that up, do the exercises in there and, and you should be pretty much good to go, you know? So, uh, I, and I, and I know you hate it. I know you, you're, you've had some breakthrough and now you're at a plateau. I mean, we all deal with it, man. It'll go away, you know, just get some rest, you know, and just think about your training and individualize it to yourself. All right. So Jack from Jack Boulders on Instagram, um, asks, what are my favorite holds on the 2017 set on the moon board? And what is my height, weight, and ape index, which is a little personal, buddy. Um, but <laughs> I'll, I'll do the height. My height is six one. I weigh currently between 188 to 190 pounds and my ape index is plus two. So yeah, that's why I set really long boulder problems sometimes, but whatever you just, you got to deal with that. What are my favorite holds on the 2017 set? Anything above row four. Um, I'm not a big fan of all the holds. I, I probably actually like some of the holds. I just don't like the where they're positioned. Um, but, and my favorite holds are, you know, really just, I'm just going to go with the whole set of original school, a, the whites school B, the blacks. Those are my favorite holds. It's not that I don't like the reds. I understand why they were made. They're great. They have actually, the reason why I'm on 2017 right now is because I've been dealing with finger injuries and they were a better option for me to warm up on because they're a little bit juggier. Um, 
Everybody knows I'm not a big fan of the woods because I just have a temperature-dependent barn, and if it's cold, they're glass, and if it's hot, I just slip off because my fingers are sweaty, so it's really hard for me to climb on those, so I just kind of, you know, not a huge fan, even though I know these new wood ones are a little bit bigger, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll give them a shot. Uh, hope that answers it for you, buddy. Uh, Griffith Grivens, why don't you have the 2016 set in your barn? Um, Griffith, I do have the 2016 set in my barn. I, you know, I don't have only 350 boulder problems that I've set on it. I'm just not currently using it at the time. Um, the 2019 setup is coming out, um, or is out as we speak with only the woods, the plastics will be out next week from what I've been told. So you'll see me on the 2019 setup. So yeah, I do have it. I only just have one board. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not a millionaire. I don't have the ability to put up three different boards <laughs> and buy three, you know, separate sets of holds. So it's just not like I don't make that much money. Um, so there you go. Uh, Phil from Filkenblad on Instagram says, from memory, you began climbing later in life. Have you suffered any injury or overuse issues in gaining that kind of strength after the optimal growth age? Um, and are you having to rethink your training as much, much as time passes? Uh, yes, I have suffered injuries, uh, overuse. Definitely, probably like in my late 30s, had more tendonitis in my elbows than I do now. And I think that was because I wasn't lifting weights. I wasn't doing a lot of push. I mean, I was doing push-ups, but um, it's kind of weird. Like I've found that if I do heavier bench bench presses, um, my elbows actually feel better. Um, so I've been, you know, not that I'm doing like super, super heavy, but like 108, I'm bench pressing my weight. I'm not talking about doing 80 pounds. Um, I at least do what my weight is and I feel like that and, and doing shoulders and blah, 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 all the push exercises and some, you know, some deadlifts and stuff like that has helped mitigate, um, the tendonitis. It flares up here and there, maybe a little bit if I do too many pull pull-ups or if I'm climbing on the board a little bit too much, but realistically that's gotten better. I've definitely suffered some finger injuries and actually really, uh, you know, not too much on the moon board, maybe a couple niggles here and there. But the last, uh, the last thing that I had was actually on the hangboard. Um, the last one I'm kind of currently getting over right now was three, uh, lumbrical tears, you know, on three separate fingers, you know, slight tears. I don't think they were full blown, but, um, that actually happened on me hangboarding and just putting too much, uh, wait too fast too soon and it was totally you know my fault so yeah I've definitely suffered um, some stuff uh, and the recovery on those definitely takes longer than when it did when I was younger like 30s I definitely had some finger you know problems that I, I felt like I recovered from quicker and I'm doing all the same stuff and and, and all the protocols and stuff so um, am I having to rethink my training yeah for sure you know, uh, 43, I, I work a physical job. Like I've said, there's days where I just go in and I'm like, I just can't, I'm not doing it. So like, you know, I tried lattice in 2017 and I literally remember, you know, and I was even off, I think from work 
And I was like, I, I can't do this much volume that you guys are asking me to do. I mean, I think actually I started when I was working, but then I wound up getting, you know, laid off for the winter time. Uh, but when I was working, I was like, I, there's no way I can do this amount of volume. Like I'm just, number one, I'm not finishing. I'm not even getting close to finishing what you guys want me to do. So like, like, what's the point? Like, if I can't even do what you guys are doing, like, and they're like, well, you know, you got to kick it down. And I'm like, okay, but like, I'm even having a hard time because I'm just tired. Like I'm, I'm having a hard time finishing it just because I'm tired. Cause like every day when I work is not sitting behind a desk. Don't care what anybody says. Every day for me is a different thing where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And this is just me personally. I, I could be lifting stuff that's like super heavy. And then by the end of the day, like when people are like, well, you know, you got to go train today. And I'm like, I can't even, I can't even do five pull-ups right now. <laughs> like, and you want me to go, you know, do a, like a boulder, do do some bouldering and then do a hangboard session, like, or, or just even do a hangboard session. Like my arms, my hands are just opening up. Like it's, so I'm not gaining anything. Like I'm not fresh for that. Like, you know. I think that's one of the things that really frustrates me the most. And I know that people deal with a lot of mental uh, stress and that makes them tired when they have a a desk job. Um, But uh, I'm still kind of in this science mode of like, yeah, but I've expended energy in my forearms all day. You haven't. And even though you're mentally stressed, you still have that reserve where mine's gone. So, and people are going to, you know, they're going to, tell me I'm wrong and everything like that. But I'm case in point when I don't have a hard day, I feel way more fresh than when I do. So I'm just going by my own experience. Um, yeah. So hope that answers your question, Phil. Um, thanks for not calling me old, by the way, uh, in your question. Um, Mike Cunningham, what are the top five benchmarks that are not your own? Hmm. So this one was actually a little bit difficult for me. Uh, we have two setups, uh, 2016. So I'm just going to rattle these off, buddy. Uh, far from the matting crowd. This is 2016. Far from the matting crowd, hematoma, salad nights, the famous five. And uh, the fifth one is a toss up between sitting bowl and La Paz de Monio. Those are, those are really good problems as far as I'm concerned. I'm really, I actually really like salad nights quite a bit. Um, for 2017, uh, I don't climb as hard on that. So these really aren't, aren't as hard, I don't think, as problems. But uh, Blade Runner, Knapsack, which is, I thought was a pretty good tongue-in-cheek thing. Uh, I guess maybe an homage to me, maybe. Um, Genesis Chain, Single Royale and rotate your owl. So there you go. Those are my top five benchmarks from both the setups. And hopefully I'll be making some more in 2019 setup, which is currently on its way getting out. Um, Let's see. I just want moonboard beta has quite a bit of questions. Um, So I'm going to, I'm going to run through this hopefully really quick. What is your favorite problem you have set on the 2016 set that is not benchmarked that would be totem uh set that probably 2016 i think uh 7a plus yeah took ben moon three tries uh i actually think he only gave it two stars but the fact that it took ben moon three tries to do it was great but ravioli likes it 
I think it's a really good problem. I actually do think it should be benchmarked myself, but uh, I am not allowed as a benchmarker, I am not allowed to benchmark my own problems. <laughs> that is up to the other benchmarkers that we have, whether they like mine or not. So um, just so everyone knows, I have never benchmarked my own problem. So uh, some of his other questions are, what do you think about Stan starting problems on the moon board? Uh, seems like it should be against the rules, but I don't see a specific rule against it. Yeah, this this is a... Uh, this is a tough one because it doesn't say anything on the app about all problems start sitting. I have this vague memory that when you used to look up stuff in 2012 on the computer, there was like a rules list um, on the moon climbing website. And I'm pretty sure that it said all problems start sitting. So that's the way I've always set my problems, the way I've always felt that it should be. So just putting this on record, if you climb my problems, they all start from a sit. If you climbed my problem and you did it from a stand start and then put it in your logbook, cool. You can think that you did it, but you really didn't. <laughs> like all my problems start from the sit. Everyone. Uh, boy, he's got a lot. Your problems are frequently benchmarked. Do you have a process you consistently use when setting a new problem? Um, like, do you normally pick out an entire line and know it's a classic before ever pulling onto the board? Uh, no, I don't norm. I don't know it's a classic. That's that's. I don't think anybody knows it's a classic problem until they actually feel the moves and how it goes. I will say that when I set problems. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's a weird, like, I might be like, okay, I might choose like, oh, I'm going to, I want to use those like specific start holds. And, and then from there, I kind of like take a step back and I look at the board and like, I don't know, it's just like, I might see a sequence and I'm like, oh, cool. Let me try that. And then I'll try it. And if I do it right off the bat, I know it might've been too easy or I might say, oh, that was still a great problem. And I, I think it's dope and, and it's got good moves and what I did. And I might still put it up. I mean, I got 350, so obviously I do put, put a lot of problems up, but there's sometimes where I'll like be like, oh, I want to try to make that harder, but these holds are good. Let me try to go to this, this other hold and I'll, and I'll just keep working that certain sequence till I get something, um, you know, and then sometimes I get surprised, like I'll, I'll have like the start holds and I'll just, I'll just kind of go into it. Like I'm just going to free climb and just whenever I look up, whatever hold I see, I go to grab. It's kind of weird. Like, so maybe I, I do kind of the same moves maybe cause it's what I, you know, I'm good at like the long staticky moves. Um, but like punch drunk, like I didn't is a, a problem that like, I honestly didn't even know like when I got to the, the rail, I didn't even know that I was going to flip to an undercling. And then I reached out left and I was like, oh, that's dope. Let me flip to this undercling. And I flipped to the undercling and then you have to make this huge dead point move, which, you know, I know doesn't favor shorter climbers, but I didn't know that I was going to set it that way. It was just like, yo, that was sick. And I did it. And then I, you know, and I didn't send right off the bat, but I was like, yo, that's a sick undercling move. And I went and I did you know, and I kept trying it and I'm trying it. And finally I stuck the dead point and then I just, you know, hopped to the finish. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of my, my process, if you will. Um, I hope that 
I hope that answered that for you. <laughs> uh, Andrew Zalewski, my buddy who owns Rock and Snow in the Gunks. Uh, if you are ever in the Gunks and you need something with climbing, go to Rock and Snow. They got it all. If they don't have it and you find it online, they will price match. I think they used to, but go in there and ask them. I'm pretty sure that they price match so um, they can get it for you. The same as what Amazon does. Uh, but his question is, who are some of the climbers who inspire you and why? I can easily say that you are one of the climbers that inspires me. My buddy Glenn, uh, my buddy Jeff, Aaron, you know, a lot of my friends um, actually are inspire me because I, I like seeing, number one, I like hanging out with them. I think everybody's a good person. Um, and we push each other in other ways and we always have a good positive, you know, for the most part, have a positive vibe, vibe, but I like seeing everybody succeed and I like seeing them get their projects and that actually inspires me to try my own and try harder. Um, so in terms of like non-professionals, I guess, like, yeah, you guys inspire me, my friends, and even, you know, and even people who, you know, whether they're on the moon board and they're trying like a V3 or like they've made a breakthrough and whatever grade, it doesn't matter. Or if they're outside on the carriage road or the traps road, excuse me. And like, let's say, you know, someone does black boulder for the first time. I just like seeing people psyched and they do something that they didn't maybe at the time think they could do. And then when they do it, like that, we're all chasing that feeling of like sending that boulder problem. So like, that's what really, really inspires me. Um, you know, in terms of professionals, like the professional climbers, obviously, you know, everybody knows like Ben Moon has always been an inspiration to me. Why? I don't know. I think it was when I saw the real thing. Actually, you know what? The first time I ever saw anything about Ben Moon was in Urban Climber Magazine. And I saw a page, um, an ad for his, his company. And I went and did some research on him and I just liked the way that I guess like he kind of carried himself. I, you know, a little bit soft-spoken, didn't really, you know, wasn't like brash or anything or didn't have to scream and yell. Wasn't, wasn't like Jerry Moffat and I don't have a thing against Jerry Moffat, but just was like not like that. Um, and just, I guess, let his climbing speak for itself. So yeah, he was, he's always been an inspiration to me, obviously. So, you know, um, and Fred Nicole, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say when I first started. That was a guy that was, I mean, he still climbs hard right now. I mean, both of those guys, Ben and Fred, still climb hard. I mean, and I know I know Ben's at 54 years old, I think, or 53. I don't know how old Fred is, but he's at least in his 40s. Um, always an inspiration because, I mean, without Fred Nicole in terms of bouldering, I mean we would be, I, I, I believe we would be a little bit far behind and I'm sure there's other guys that push the standards too. And I'm not trying to discount them, but that was just the guy that was always in the forefront and he was a quiet dude. He just, you know, and from what I understand, having never, never met him was always someone didn't matter what you were on was always psyched for you to, to try hard and, and, and do good too. Didn't matter if you were climbing V3s or, or V15s. So, yeah, that was always someone that I, I kind of like looked up to or still look up to, you know, and I actually really liked the way that he handled that little thing he had on social uh, a couple months ago. I thought that was real, real class. Um, two other guys that, and I'm not going to go too deep into how many, there's so many people that I could, you know, take little things from, but two guys 
that I've always thought were, were hands down, like two of the best climbers in the world. You know, I mean, I, yes, Sharma, you know, Graham, these guys, they all, they're all inspirations, but two guys that have really, for me, Tommy Caldwell and Dave McLeod were, or McLeod or however you want to say it. Um, those two guys, I mean, and they go, they climb hard on, on all three of those levels, trad, sport, and, and bouldering. Uh, I, I think, I don't think Tommy does ice. I know Dave might do some ice or some mixed or whatever, but just in those three, like you can't, you can't beat those guys, man. And they got good attitudes and, um, you know, I just like what they stand for. You know, I, I like, I like McLeod's books, you know, um, he's always into training, always being positive, you know, I, what else is there to say? I don't know anymore. You know, it, it's just one of those, I, you know what, the one thing that sticks out to me is I remember, I don't remember which dosage or, or if it was even dosage or whatever, but I remember Tommy Caldwell being in South Africa and with Daniel Woods and I, I maybe it was P Rob. I don't know if it was P Rob it was Daniel Woods and somebody else. And he winds up, you know, getting that problem with this, you know, you know, you know, what is it like 30 is the new 20 or something. I think they called it. I just remember watching that and him laughing, like, you know, early bird gets the worm. And I was like, that dude is, I would love to have him on the podcast. Absolutely love it. I got to actually try to get him on the podcast. That would be great. Um, but just his attitude on that, I was like, that's hilarious. He's up. These guys are like sleeping and he's just like, I'm going to get it. He's out there all the time, all the time, 100%. And that's just the inspiration. Yeah. So there you go. Um, and which leads me to actually, I think it's my last question. Yeah. Which comes from my buddy, Glenn, who, by the way, um, just so everyone knows, uh, is, is a really good friend of mine and was actually the first, you know, was the person that got me into climbing because for my 30th birthday, um, bought me a pass or bought both of us passes to the New Jersey rock gym so we could try out climbing because I was in Maine, like a month before, and I had seen some rock climbers on the cliffs by the ocean, and I was like, wow, that looks really awesome. I should try that. And we went to the gym. Um, so yeah, his question uh, kind of is in the same vein, I guess, but as Andrew's, uh, but was what or who keeps you motivated to climb harder? And like I said, that's you guys, like my friends and, and the people that I just mentioned definitely, I love seeing my friends succeed. That makes me like super psyched. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, that's, that keeps me motivated, you know, and it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I can speak like I was super, super excited for you, Glenn, when you did that V1 in the gunks, it was something that you had projected you don't climb as much as the, mo as the rest of us, but like you were, you really, really wanted to do it. And I knew it was a mental battle for you. And when you broke through and you actually stuck that move and you topped it out and just to see how like psyched and excited and happy you were that you, you broke through that, that like makes me want to like try hard. I don't know why, but it just makes me like, yeah, I want to, I want to do, I want, I'm chasing that feeling. I think we all are. Um, so yeah, and what's my what's my mental approach to sending a new boulder problem? I don't really know. Like when I'm 
I mean, I don't know if that means like a project or if like, if it's something I rolled up and I've never tried before, but like in terms of projecting, I don't really know what my mental approach is. I just, I usually, if I want to climb a boulder, I, I have to be inspired by it. Usually like there's some boulder problems that people are like, this thing's awesome. And I just look at it and I'm like, no, I'm not inspired by it. But then there's other boulders that I look at and I'm like, oh, that looks dope. And I want to try that. And it could be totally not my style. I don't care, but I'd want to try it. And, um, my mental approach when I'm trying to project or, or doing something is like, I don't know. It's like, it's just blank, I guess. I don't, I try not to get down on myself, whether, and I guess this goes back to Alex's question is like, I just try not to go into the negative zone. Um, reality is it's just climbing. It's in all honesty, it's really a stress relief relief for me. It makes me focus on one single thing and I don't have to worry about all the other bullshit that goes on in life. Um, you know, good and bad. It's just, I can focus on that and I enjoy it and I'll never stop doing it. Um, as long as I can keep doing it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Like I just keep at it. I try to maintain a positive frame of mind when I'm at the project, you know, trying it. I might not get to the same holds. I might, you know, and I'm trying to become a little bit more aware as I go, as I get older, like some days I used to just thrash and thrash and thrash and just keep going. And now I feel like as I've gotten older, I've gotten wiser where some days I might pull on it like five times. And I'm like, I just don't have it today. Like, it's just not there. And I'm not going to like, I'm not going to thrash myself and ruin the rest of the day or ruin my skin when I just, I'm like, it's not there. It's not clicking. Um, I got, I've learned to kind of let it go. Like it, it does not define me whether I send a project. It is not who I am as a total human being. And if I don't send something, it's not the end of the world. It's not worth me throwing my chalk bag or getting all pissed off. And like, it's, that's not what I'm out there for. So I really, really try not to do that. Um, and just maintain that positive. And it, what's really strange is I might work something and I might get close and then eventually I get fatigued and I get tired or something. And it's usually, it's so weird whenever I send a project, honestly, I have no expectations on that day. It seems to me like 90% of the time I've, I go into it, like I'm just going to go climbing today and I'm going to try it and I have no expectations or no, and it's like, I feel like there's no pressure and I'm like literally going in blank with a blank slate and all of a sudden it's like, I do it first or second go. And it's, and I, and I know that it's a culmination of all the times and, and sessions before that. And I've probably just like, my body's adapted to it and maybe I gave myself more rest, but it always feels like I, I don't have anything on my mind, not even the boulder problem. It's weird. I, I don't know. You know, I don't have this like Adam Andra focus where I can like focus and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I have to hit it a certain way. It's just like it either clicks or it doesn't. And maybe that's why I don't, I don't send as hard. I don't know. Maybe I'm not, maybe that's me not trying hard and I don't know, but that's just my own personal thing. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I do. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I don't think I have any more questions, everybody. So I hope you, uh, got something out of this. I hope you stuck around to the end. Uh, I do hope to eventually get some more interviews because I actually really, really like doing interviews. That was fun. Hopefully, I can get my buddy Char. 
uh, Federoff from from Pennsylvania. From you know, he's big in in, in PA bouldering and and everywhere else too. Um, he's a super strong climber, super cool dude. I want to get him on the podcast next. I'm working on it. Um, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving, and uh, I will see you in the next episode. Peace.